Hello and welcome back to the Euro Trips Across the Pod NFL podcast for our final episode on the platform on our final season preview. We've done 31 teams so far. We are here for our final team and the team is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And here with me, I've got a well-known fan in the UK. I've got with me Seb Kennedy, or as you might know him, Seb Talk Sports. How are you, Seb? Very good, Andy. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad. I, I'm i glad this is over now. It's been a long, hard grind, and I think I'm, I'm glad we've finally done it. We've managed to get all 32 teams you know, done before the season starts, which was my worry. I was worrying that we wouldn't get everyone done in time, or people wouldn't. I wouldn't get a fan for a team. Certain teams were you know, much harder to get than others, but thankfully, I did it, and I'm, I've, I've done the challenge. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's one hell of a challenge. The fact that obviously there are so many teams in the NFL to get a fan from each one and put out 32 podcasts like that is you know, a testament to you. So congrats on that. Thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. Um, right. Uh, as we do with every new guest, we'd like to ask him a couple of questions. Um, and the first one is, what made you a Jags fan? What made me a Jags fan? So goes back to 2014. Uh, I went on holiday with my family to Florida. And I was desperate to see an NFL game out there. Just whenever I go to a different country, I love to go and see a local a local sport and see some live sport. So obviously being in Florida, there were three options, which was either the Dolphins, which was a bit too far of a drive, uh, the Bucks, who weren't available uh, when I was there to go and see. And the last option was obviously the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now I had sort of no knowledge of the NFL or the teams or anything like that at this point. So I basically got down on my hands and knees and begged my dad to drive me four hours up the state to go and see a preseason game. It was a preseason game. The Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it was very much Blake Bortles in his rookie year. I think he threw a touchdown. Um, I mean, he threw like seven passes or something stupid, but like that win, and it started off with a pick six as well. Like that win just cemented and made me fall in love with not only the NFL, but the Jags as well. So from then, for the last, what we now, eight years on, um, it's been Jags through and through. And I mean, there have certainly been better teams to, to follow and support over the last eight years. We've had 2017. Obviously, that was our, our run, well, not probably our best season for decades. But um, yeah, hopefully, brighter times are ahead. And I'm sure we're going to get into that. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I was expecting you to say the whole London thing. I, I assume that would be why you're a Jags fan. But you went sort of a similar route to me in terms of following a team based on a family holiday. So um yeah, that's, that's good. That's yep. good. And I think that hopefully, you know, times are going to get better for you guys. Um, in terms of watching the Jags or watching the NFL, how does your typical NFL Sunday look? NFL Sunday, um, for me, it's all about, I mean, first, you've got to be comfy. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm always wearing a jersey. I'm always wearing something comfy, uh, like jam bottoms, whatever like that. Like, it's a proper event. You've got to get comfy because you're in for a long ride, whether you're watching, you know, your your team's game or NFL, you know. Uh, NFL Red Zone, um, you've got to be comfy because you're going to be there for a long time. I don't think people that don't follow the sport realise just how long it can be on a Sunday. Like you start at 6pm obviously here in the UK and you can go through to 2, 3 in the morning with you know the late Sunday night game. So it can be a long, long time depending on how much you watch. But for me, getting in something comfy is number one, wearing a jersey as well. Got to wear a Jags jersey on a home game, got to be done. Um, and then, yeah, it, it, obviously it's all about the food. Obviously being here in the UK, we've got the luxury of a roast dinner. Uh, we're yet to cook one out uh, in this house. Uh, we just bought a new house, but hopefully soon we'll be having, um, yeah, NFL Sundays and roast dinner combined. That'll be that'll be nice. So that's typically it. Yeah, got got to be kitted out and got to be watching the Jags every Sunday. Well, that is a good combination: roast dinner and NFL. That's um, that's pretty good. I'm quite jealous of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's um, 
I think I always think actually the sixth or twelfth slot actually goes really quickly for me. I find it mm. often does. You know, you you tell me I'm going to be, you know, I don't know anything else. Like going for a walk from six to twelve, or you're going to be, I don't know, in a restaurant or a pub. I thought that's a long time. When I find when I watch the NFL on Sundays now, that six or twelve slot just absolutely flies by, especially mm. red zone and stuff like that. It just absolutely flies by, and I think it's uh, that shows how much myself and others do enjoy that it doesn't really go that slowly on Sundays I say I think it's also a testament to the coverage as well like the introduction of Red Zone um, oh. you know in recent years is just fantastic particularly with the fantasy element as well I'm sure you play a lot of, lot of fantasy sport or fantasy football so having that alongside and setting your you know setting your lineups and you know the 9pm games making sure you've got those players in like all of those elements together it just makes for a great Sunday so excited to be having that back from next weekend yeah, I've just actually joined the league actually with Maurice Jones Drew. So that's um Oh, there we go. Jack quite, a, quite a nice little honour to have. I met him last year in as I Tottenham and then also didn't I wouldn't have never realised that in a year's time I'd be in a factory league and he'd he'd snipe down water before me. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, um yeah. heading on to the Jags, um in terms of this season, the off season, sort of the main sort of incomings and outcomings, uh outcomings include Miles Jack. Carlos Hyde, Andrew Noel, Taven Bryan, DJ Chark, and recently in a trade with the Panthers, LaVisca Chenault, whereas the incomings include Darius Williams, Brandon Sheff, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, uh, Faye Sade Olikun, as well as the first overall pick in Trayvon Walker, defensive end from Georgia, Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah, 27th overall, uh, Luke Fortner um, from Kentucky, the centre, uh, 65th overall, and then the one I like the most because of his name, 154th overall, Snoop Connor, running back <laughs> from Ole Miss. <laughs> um, as a Jags fan, how have you found your off-season as a whole? This off-season has been a very strange one because um, I think we I mean, all Jags fans expected not only the head coach to be going in Urban Meyer, but also the GM and Trent Baalke to be gone as well. We wanted to clean house, but the fact that only one of those was done kind of meant it felt like a half measure. And... Looking at the roster ahead of this offseason, obviously our main positions of need, I think, uh, from my perspective, were cornerback for secondary generally, offensive line and wide receiver. Because last season we had a bottom five secondary, according to PFF, and defended the least passes in the league, which is just, I mean, shocking. Um, we had the ninth worst offensive line, according to PFF as well, and only one receiver had over 650 yards and two only recorded more than one touchdown. So you're looking at one of the worst rosters in the NFL, which kind of you know explains the record and the back-to-back years our first two overall picks. And in the draft, looking at the draft, we didn't even address any of those positions of need until the third round when we took, like I said, centre uh, Luke Fortner. Uh, and we didn't even take a corner until round six. So I think it talks to kind of the lack of organisation and just communication within the Jags front office because we've all got to be on the same page here. Sometimes the fans are seeing positions of need that particularly some front office members just aren't seeing. And I think we address those three positions groups, like I said, cornerback, offensive line, and wide receiver. We address those as positions of need, positions of, need of the fans and the stats are there to back it up. Like I mentioned, they were PFF, but the front office is either seeing something completely different or has just taken a completely different approach. So that was a little bit shocking. Um, and if you, I mean, if we look at those groups a little bit more, Marvin Jones, I quite like, but apart from that, you're looking at quite a barren wide receiver cork. I mean, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones um, being brought in, of course, but you know, neither of those guys are a true number one. Um, and we needed to really go out and get a true number one, which we just didn't do. I mean, a tight end core headed by Evan Ingram, Dan Arnold, just doesn't really give Trevor Lawrence enough of a safety blanket down the seams, uh, particularly on players like CJ Azuma, uh, who I'm a big fan of, was available and I think has gone to the Jets. 
Um, so that was a bit of a loss for us. Um, you mentioned there we brought in uh, Darius Williams at corner from the Rams, kind of a league, league average starter, which is, don't get me wrong, an upgrade for us because the secondary is bat was barren ahead of this offseason. Um, so having a league average starter is good, but I think people don't quite realize that he's only five foot nine, which for a corner is, you know, pretty small. You want your defensive backs to be around six foot at the least. Um, and given that, you know, in our division in the AFC South, he's going up against receivers like Traylon Burks for the Titans, who's six two. Michael Pittman for Indy, 6'4", and Alex Pierce also on Indy, uh, 6'3". So he's got his work out, cut out for him because, you know, some of those guys are half foot taller than him at least. So, um, yeah, so I think that um, that certainly plays a part. I think we're going to have um, Shaquille Griffin probably as number one corner. But, yeah, I think Darius Williams, whether or not he's helping out uh, out wide or in the slot, we'll have to see. But he's he, he's got a tough year ahead, I think. Um and I think that just the fact that the Jags had the second most cap space in the NFL back in March and this offseason, we saw some crazy trades and moves. I mean, I can go through them all. Everyone knows them, but obviously Devontae Adams to Las Vegas, Tariq Hill to Miami, AJ Brown to Philly, Amari Cooper to Cleveland, and corner JT Jackson to the LA Chargers. I don't think the Jags were aggressive enough and did enough to sort of, you know, rejuvenate the positions of need that they needed to because you know, we saw all these players flying around and the Jags, like I said, have the second most cap space, but didn't go out and spend it. And what's the point of leaving cap space? Because, you know, you know, you don't get a prize. You don't get another pick the next year for leaving cap space. It's just wasted money. Um, and I know obviously it comes down from the owner and how much the owner is willing to spend. But, you know, to be a competitor, you've really got to get to that mark and be aggressive. And, and we've just seen who just won the Super Bowl, the LA Rams. And what do they do? They went out and got a load of proven veterans using all of their, I mean, you know, <laughs> their Super Bowl ceremony, these, the, you know, F them picks, you know, they're, they're literally yeah. at the stand saying that. So like, I mean, obviously it's a different phase of team building, um, going out and getting, you know, trading for these guys rather than drafting and developing, but well, you know, we've seen it work and I don't think the Jags took enough notice of that. So yeah, I think going into 2022, it's going to be another tough year. Um, we're, we're helped out massively by the division. The fact that we've got, you know, the Texans and the Colts, the Colts are beatable, but I mean, the Titans are certainly still the favorite there. Um, even with AJ Brown at the door um, of Tennessee, but yeah, I think it's, it's going to be another tough year, but I think uh, oh, yeah, it, it's just so hard to come down on because again, we've been so poor in recent years and we keep feeling optimistic. I know we're going to run through it at the end, sort of, you know, win loss totals and stuff like that, but yeah, it's going to be another tricky year, particularly for Trevor Lawrence. But I think that's all helped by the fact that Urban Meyer is no longer in Jacksonville. So that should prove um, prove helpful for sure. Yeah, we'll go on to it now because one of the major sort of ins was not was not in players. It was Doug Peterson, of course. We all know what he did at Philadelphia. Won, of course, the Super Bowl in January after February 2018. And he's won it recently, obviously with Nick Foles. And he's come in, obviously, Trevor Lawrence last year was a first overall pick, and he didn't have the best, you know, the best rookie year. Um, two sort of questions come from this. The first question really is, um, can Trevor Lawrence make that second year leap? And then also, can Doug Peterson finally be the man to um, change the Jaguars' fortunes? Yeah, um, I, th- I think I think those two go hand in hand because I think Doug Peterson is the main reason for Trevor being able to take that leap. So I, I think certainly we'll see some growth um, this year from Trevor, but I don't think it'll be down to you know the surrounding talent at wide receiver and tight end, his receiver group, uh, or n- neither on you know his protection on the offensive line because that wasn't really addressed like we were just mentioning. Um, it'll be down solely to Doug Peterson. I think I honestly think the Jags did really well to secure the services of a head coach like Doug Peterson, um, particularly as late in the offseason as they did get him when 
a lot of head coaches have already been signed. Um, don't get me wrong, it's not the you know flashiest or sexiest name out there. It wasn't like an up-and-coming OC or anything like that. Um, but I think it's important to remember, like you just mentioned, what this man has achieved. Not only did he give Philly their first ever Super Bowl victory, but he did it with quarterback play from Carson Wentz, who we've seen in recent years has really struggled and it's kind of fool's gold. Um, and Nick Foles, who we actually brought into Jacksonville to, you know, a few years back, um, to who was going to be the answer. But you know, that, that's kind of besides the point. Um, and I think it's kind of it, it's good to realise, and it's quite inspiring the fact that Peterson's already worked with both Jags uh, coordinators, so offensive coordinator Press Taylor and defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell, um, both in Philly beforehand. So they've already got that chemistry and. They probably know how each other want to run, you know, their different units. So that kind of uh, is quite encouraging. Um, so I think, yeah, I think Trevor's in a, in a great spot to make a substantial leap in his sophomore season. And Doug Peterson will only help that, unlike Urban Meyer, who didn't contribute anything towards his development last season and kind of really struggled as a rookie, like you said. Is that what you say, the worst hedge coaching foul you've seen in terms of all the hype he had going into the NFL after his time at college? And how of how badly it went. If you can you think of a worse head coaching spell or more disappointing spell than that? I think there are there are, there are I think there are some. I mean Chip Kelly comes to mind, but Urban Meyer really is the one, the infamous one, but given that you know it was the year 2021, given how analytically driven the league is nowadays, and you've got all this data to back up, you know, who you should be choosing as your head coach. The Jags had their pick of anyone. Like they literally, Urban Meyer, I think, was the first head coach secured. Um, they didn't even go out and look at any of the NFL guys, any of the OCs, DCs, existing head coaches. Um, Urban, they just picked Urban Meyer. And it was a guy who has succeeded, you know, and won all there is to win at the college level, but just doesn't have that success at the NFL level, which we know is a completely different, you know, ball game, pardon the pun. I mean, we know it's obviously still the same sport, but it's completely different and it's so much, um, so much more multifaceted than than the college level. Defense is so much quicker um, and you've got so much more responsibility as an NFL head coach than you do at the college level. Um, so I just don't think the Jags, you know, they obviously didn't recruit that well. They didn't assess it well. Um, and then obviously there was all the off the field stuff with what's happening in the bar and not taking the plane home with the players, which is kind of just, you know, it's just, it's disrespectful really um, to the organization, to the fan base. And, the fact that it was even allowed to happen in the first place is it says a lot about the Jags, but I think hopefully fortunes are turning and Doug Peterson's the man to bring at least some success back to Jacksonville. Yeah. And also the thing that got me was that I don't know whether he was joking or being serious, but to not know who Aaron Donald was. Oh my goodness. I mean, I, I know he also is main the on college analysis, but even then you surely would know he's the best player for me in the league. And I, I'd, it's just, I don't know how you don't know who he is. It just shows a lack of lack of that sort of you mentioned before that to be a coach in the college game and then didn't make the jump to the NFL, you have to do twice as much work, twice as much analysis, and to not know who the best player in the league was and the best player on the team you're about to face, I think it's just it's balmy really. It's absolutely balmy. Yeah, I think if you work in the NFL, you probably see Aaron Donald's face five to ten times a day, right? Whether it be on yeah. a poster or, you know, a website homepage, something like that. Like just you know that, that I mean that to me is disrespectful because he's like I say probably the greatest defensive player of all time up there with you know Lawrence Taylor mm. um so yeah just complete lack of disrespect and like I say probably the worst um head coach hiring of all time yeah 
I do agree. Um, right, we're going to head to the final segment of the episode, which is our fan record exercise. We will give Seb every game in his team season, and he'll have to give me an answer of win, loss, or tie. So, week one, as on the road to the Washington Commanders. Oh, never good to start um, away. You want a home game to start. Washington, I mean, are just as messy an organisation as the Jags right now, but and I, I, I want the Jags to show me something before I can, you know, really believe and buy into them. So I'm going to give Washington the, the winner. Okay. And in week two, um, another one of Carson Wentz's former teams um, is a home game against the Indianapolis Colts. Colts. So we've actually been able to upset the Colts. We did it famously last year. Obviously, we knocked them out of playoff contention <laughs> yeah. in the last week, which was just fantastic for the Colts to lose to a you know, such a poor team uh, in the Jags. But yeah, this is going to be a lot tighter. They talk about Matt Ryan's really made that leap and shown some chemistry with his receivers. I'm going to say, no, I'm, I'm going to give it to the Colts. I'm going to give it to the Colts. They've got a better roster, particularly at running back. Ooh, so a uh, 0-2 start, that's not not the best, but um, nope. not sort of unexpected at the same time. Um, week three is a road game against the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> a lot of these are going to be tough games because yeah. we're the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, no, I don't see us beating the Chargers away, so that's a win for a win for LA. And then week four is another road game, but this time against the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, the Eagles look good this year. They look <laughs> like the favourite in that division. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I can't see the Jags winning that either. To be honest, I think it's an 0-4 start. That's an L. Uh, week five at home to the Houston Texans. There we go. That's the first win of the season. <laughs> Put it on the board. One and four. That's a win. Okay. Um, week six, once again against the Colts, but this time on the road. Oh, um, okay. That's a tough one. Um, I want to be optimistic, but you know what? I think we all split with the Colts. We'll take that one. I think so. We'll, we'll win that. Week seven is a home game against the New York Giants. The Giants aren't a great team either. Um, they've got a lot of troubles, particularly at wide receiver like us. Uh, it's a way, hmm. you know. I'll give I'll give us the win there. I'll give us the win. I think Trevor will have had enough time to develop properly at week seven by that point. And then week eight, you make the trip across the pond for your yearly game in London to face the Denver Broncos at Wembley Stadium. There we go. I'll be there in attendance for that against uh, obviously Russell Wilson, Broncos country. Let's ride. Uh, <laughs> let's go for. You know what? I'm never going to bet. Get, I'm never going to bet against the Jags in London. They did it last year. That was their first oh. one of the season. So let's go Jags. Why not? I want to. I'm going to be there. So let's let's hope for the best. Win. I was trying to avoid that game being mentioned because that was <laughs> my first ever Dolphins game live, and it just oh the ending broke my heart. And it was like oh because I've been before to like those games, but as a neutral. But it's my first time going obviously to follow my team, and it's um yeah, it was tough at the end. Tough at the end. Yeah. It hits different when it's your team. It yeah. really does. Oh, massively, yeah. Like I couldn't really care who won between the Texans and the Jags, or I didn't really care who won between the Raiders and the Bears and stuff like that. But when it gets to your own team, it, it does just massively hit different. Yeah, 100%. Um, week nine, you're back in America at home against the Las Vegas Raiders. Ooh, that's tough. Um, I mean, we saw Derek Carr, you know, really progressed forward last year. He's now got arguably the best receiver in the league, uh, in Devontae Adams alongside him. So, yeah, I can't see us winning that. 
Um, I'm going to be honest. I think the Raiders have really made a leap forward and they're in playoff contention. So I think that's a win for Las Vegas. Okay. And then week 10, didn't get any easier. Another AFC West team on the road to the Chiefs. <laughs> no, I can't see it beating the Chiefs, particularly on the road. So that's that's a win for a win for Kansas City. Okay, so week 11 is a bye week. So week 12... God, this is a tough, a tough stretch of games. The Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs, and then week twelve, we've got a home game against the the Ravens. The Ravens, oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I mean, particularly if Lamar Jackson gets paid and is happy, um, very soon, I think that's going to be another tough. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I want to be optimistic, but I don't want to really self proclaim and be like, you know, ten and seven. No, I think. I think we're going to lose that as well. I think it's going to, it, 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 like as long as we, you know, five, six wins is progress for this team. So, yeah, that's, that's a loss, I think. Did you see the thing recently with Mark Jackson? And um, I think someone tweeted the picture of him in a Dolphins jersey talking about winning the Lombardi and he liked the picture. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that he's excited. He's, he's playing 4D <laughs> chess right now with, a, yeah. with the Ravens organization. They, they better pay him. They better pay that man. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally think he will stay there, but I think. I mean, I, I'm all for giving two a chance, but I think if you can get someone like Lamar Jackson, who I think is a top a top 10 quarterback, a top five of his passings one game, he's a top five quarterback. When he's on his game, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I think he would be perfect for McDaniel's system in terms of that sort of that tendency to like to run the ball. Um, yeah. I think he would absolutely smash it in a in the McDaniel system. But I do think that they will eventually give him the contract and they will. Then they gave Joe Flacco a massive deal a few years ago. <laughs> I think yeah. they'll give they'll give Lamar Jackson a deal, whatever he wants. You would hope so. I think a lot of it now is just playing the game. A lot of it is leverage. Um, sort of with Aaron Donald, you know, I'd be happy if I retire this year. Mm. Um, I mean, a lot of that is just leverage to get the pay. And, you know, players like that, the top tier stars, you pay them what they want, really, because it's harder to find those guys and bring them in than it is just work, work around the salary cap and, you know, work around them. So, yeah, he will get paid. It's just a question of where he falls in the um, yearly average. Yeah, I think to, to get a elite quarterback is so hard to do, as we both know in recent years. We've mm-hmm. failed to have one each. So I think if you, if you get one, you do what you can to keep them in my eyes and you don't let them go. Um, yep. Week 13, back on the road twice in a row, actually. But your first one is a road game in Detroit against the Lions. Oh, obviously a lot of hype around the Lions with hard knocks right now. They will be an improved team, um, I think. They've got some exciting young players coming through. Um yeah, I, th- I think we'll win that one. I think we will win that one. Um, I think, like like the Jags, the Lions have got to show me something that proves they aren't, you know, a train wreck of an organisation, um, particularly on the field. So, yeah, I think we'll win that against the Lions away. Okay, then you've got Week 14 in Tennessee against the Titans. <sighs> That's tough. Um, yeah, away. Obviously, they haven't got AJ Brown, but Derek Henry is like a steam train. Um, who's on for another, you know, 2K running season. I'm big, big Derek Henry fan. Mm, um, as much as I hate to admit it, um, <laughs> that's going to be tough. I just think, yeah, all of their units and position groups are better than ours. So I'm going to have to give that to Tennessee. Okay. And then week 15 is a home game against the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, okay. Um, I think being at home helps, but the Cowboys roster is... You know, it's pretty, pretty good. Obviously, losing Amari Cooper does hurt. Um, they've, I mean, they've got, you know, Michael Gallup, who I'm a big fan of, again, but obviously coming off IR, um, injured last year. So that'll be tough. I think Tony Pollard is better than Zeke Elliott, personally. Um, but, you know, having those two as a one-two punch doesn't hurt them. 
that's going to be close. I'd love to. I'd love to throw a tie in. Just have a tie in the record. I think that'd be funny. But no, no, I'm gonna have to give it to Dallas. I think again, I need the Jags to show me something. Okay, so then week 16 on the road to the New York Jets. On the road to the Jets. Um, Jets obviously still one of the worst teams in the league, like the Jags. Hope you know their hopeful savior at left tackle was out for the year. Makai Beckton, we all know that. Um, he was looking to make a leap forward, hopefully, um, but that won't be this year. The Jets have improved their roster. They obviously had a you know a great draft um, as it looks on paper, but I don't think they'll, they'll have done enough. I think the Jags will be showing signs of development by then. I think Trevor will really be growing into his own um, by that point. So I'm going to give that give give the win there. Okay, and then week 17 on the road for your last road game um, against the Houston Texans. Houston Texans. I think we'll sweep the Texans this year. Um, the Texans are going to be yeah one of the worst teams. I love you know I love David Davis Mills. I think he was the second best rookie quarterback mm-hmm. last year behind Mac Jones. But yeah, I think the Jags are going to have too much um, by then. Obviously, both teams will be out of playoff contention by then. But I think the Jacks will yeah the Jacks and the Jaguars will finish strong and get a win over Houston there. Well, I can tell you before your last game, you've beaten our lowest record prediction our lowest record was five wins from both the Falcons and Seahawks fans we had on uh-huh. um so you've beaten that which is good um okay. and then finally week 18 is against the Titans at home <sighs> Titans will be Titans could be pushed I think they'll the Titans are the Titans are a playoff team it's a question of whether or not they're pushing for a division title or that you know they're just looking to secure a wild card spot um you know, week 18s or week 17s in past years, we've seen Derek Henry go nuts to get that 2K rushing uh, for the year. Um, this is going to be tough. I'm going to have to get that to Tennessee. I, I can see Tennessee winning both over us this year. So I'm going to have to put my hand up there and say that the Titans will win that. Okay. So that means you've got your team having a 7-10 and 10 record, which I think represents progress. It would, you'd think I mean, you wouldn't get number one pick for the third year in a row. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that's a good season. What do you think? I think so, yeah. Um, like I said, we, we, you know, we're not going ten to seven, eleven to six this year. What we what we need is stability. We need Trevor Lawrence to go into a year where he's already familiar with the coach, familiar with the system, and keeping Doug Peterson around with an improved record, um, win losses will help, and that would I think show signs of improvement there. Um, so yeah, I'd be happy with that. I'd sign off with that for, as a Jags fan, but there's still a lot to be done. And personally, I think you know. Um, it starts with removing Trent Balky. I thought we were going to clean houses off season. Uh, GM was going to go as well. It didn't happen. But I think Trent Balky is kind of, you know, looking for playoffs this year or he's going to be out the door. So, yeah, I think Peterson will stick around with the record like that. I think Trent Balky, I, I would like him to be gone at some point uh, unless, you know, we, we go 500 this year. But overall, I think 7-10, and 10, like you said, represents progress. And I would certainly be happy with that as a Jags fan. Brilliant. So that is the end of the episode and the end of our season prediction. So, first of all, thank you, Seb, for coming on. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Andy. You've had some great guests recently on your on your own channel. So how can we find that on social media? Yes, my channel, my platform, uh, my podcast is called Seb Talk Sports. You can find that on any social media platform, anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, just put my name in there, Seb Talks Sports, and you will find all of my episodes. So, yeah, please do check that out and um, drop me a message, say hi, and it be good to talk about the NFL. Fantastic, sir. So that is the end of the Jag season preview, the end of our time on the Eurotrips platform. We are still remaining as part of the Eurotrips network, but it will be on a brand new podcast platform. So if you search across the pod on your Spotify or Apple podcast or wherever you get your podcasts and you'll find on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, next week, 
a three-part prediction special for the upcoming season. So do check it out and do check out on our new platform. If I had more time, I would thank every guest we've had on in the whole of the 32 teams. But I want to say thank you to every guest we've had on for each team. It's been a great few months previewing the season with different fans, meeting new people. And we hope to have as many of them as possible on for the next season. So thank you guys and we will see you guys next time.